Welcome to Extra Points. Now here's your host, Cousin Sal, and his pal, Dave Damashek. All right, welcome to Extra Points, part of the Extra Points Podcast Network. Cousin Sal coming to you with his dear, dear friend, Dave Damashek. What's happening, buddy? Big, big weekend, huh? Lots of fun. That well, that's it. You, you picked the right word there. Lots of fun, Sal. What a <laughs> what a fun weekend it was. What we learned about the, the sport of college basketball and who's good, I don't know, but I'm not going to get bogged down about it. Congratulations to everybody who roots for conferences, specifically the Pac-12 conference, and our pal Jeff yeah. Schwartz, whose whose heart is right now no doubt filled with song. Yeah, he's Oregon, but as he said before the Oregon-USC game and the whole weekend, hey, Pac-12, man, that's what matters. So surely he's over the moon right now. He doesn't matter the USC or Oregon won that game, right, Sal? I was trying to figure out. I was going to make a pie chart of where my focuses were this weekend. It was like probably uh, 30% kids sports. My my Archie Icono, big sack behind the line of scrimmage. Not right. enough. Uh, he's racking them up, teams. Sal. He is. They lost 35-26. They lost by nine to one of the better schools in the, uh, in the, in the uh, area, but... Whatever, he keeps going. Harrison had a couple of home runs he was happy about in his Little mm. League game. So that's 30% kids, uh, probably 30% NCAA hoops, which we'll get to a lot. Um, I had that League of Leagues draft, which is 60 rounds, Dave. You kind of started. You were one of the few that did start it. Kind of, uh, kind of started. It was my creation. What are you talking oh, about? I we're invented gonna have to get it. it. Ask, oh, oh ask boy. your pal Toby. I did. He made it. I did, and he made a Winklevoss uh, gesture at you, and and says, uh, and kind of laughed. And what? You it's sixty he... rounds. It's three sports. It's baseball, basketball, football. So you could, you could, you know, you could pick LeBron James, and then I could pick Mike Trout, and uh, and he'll producer Jim Cunningham can pick, um, you know, Derrick Henry, whatever. It goes on and on for 60 rounds. Um, he put the software together. He got it all going. But what did you do? You yelled three sports draft and that and should be yours? I don't know. Oh, what whoa, do do? whoa, 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 whoa. What happened? Yes. The hard work <laughs> of, I don't know about, uh, about coding or any of this jive, yeah. but so what? I'm the big idea guy. I'm Billy Blaze Jowski talking into the, into the <laughs> recorder. What are you talking? Yes, I invented this. And Toby carried out my orders very oh, nicely. Oh, wow. No, no. We, we combined to create it. But the point is, you <laughs> say could as though it's a theoretical. Let's let the current legal league serve as a starter kit. And let's do it here. Why don't we do the extra points nah, league of leagues? We can't do it. It's too Why crazy. No? It won two days. And it was Passover Saturday. So some had to bail out. So we had a slow draft after 6 p.m. It was crazy. And for the money, it's just... It's just not worth it. I'm sorry. It, it just, it's too much. It's too much. It's, it's, and then when you get to the season when there's no excuse not to trade with someone, Dave, right? I've, I brought this up before. If you need two wide receivers in our football, if you need wide receivers in our football league and I need wide receivers, we're not making a trade. But in legal leagues, there's no excuse. I'll give you a backup catcher and five extra free agent dollars for a point guard. It goes on and on. It's terrible. But anyway, that was we can get Toby on and discuss that. We should do that fine uh, later Let, in the week yes, next let's. week. But like you said, the other ten percent was probably devoted to Jeff Schwartz and his crazy claim that you uh, uh, Oregon and Oregon State is not a rivalry. And yeah, too much he, time with his friend and your friend Clay Travis celebrating the SEC. Yeah. So what happens in Alabama somehow reflects positively on uh, on the two schools That's in Mississippi thing, but, or Tennessee. But, but or to otherwise. say that they're not a right. He went to Oregon, obviously graduated Oregon, played his football there. 
and is then rooting for Oregon State. And you and I rightly, I think, pointed out that this is not this is not acceptable. And he said, oh, my God, it's not a rivalry. This is Angels Dodgers. It's like, well, this is the only state in the union that won't claim a rivalry between its two biggest colleges, I guess. Right. Let's let's figure let's figure this out. First of all, there's yeah. some rules that need to be applied here. And I'm, I'm not going to be a dictator about how you go about your fandom. However, I do think we have to draw some lines in the sand here. One. If you live in Los Angeles, Southern California, or Chicagoland, or the New York Tri-State area, this is not a, a sign from the sports gods that you get to, that like, hey, look, we're big city, so we get the Yankees and the Mets. Mm-hmm. And hey, Chicago, we get the White Sox, and we get the Cup. No, no, no. You must choose, and then hate the other. That is your right. least favorite team in sport. In the sport, you don't get the hey Dodgers and Halos. Whoever wins, we win. No, no, no. You I'm with love you. one. You hate the other. Got to pick. Sh- right, exactly. And you did. You chose poorly. You chose the Metropolitans over the Yankees. Inexplicable. I, I think your loyalty to your old man is admirable. Sad though for you. Well, um, and then I, I learned, uh, inadvertently, I learned and said, hey, sorry, old man, I'm not rooting for the Jets. I'm going to root for right. the Cowboys, which has been a, maybe a similar disaster now that I think about it. Hey, I just saw Brian Scalabrini is in the waiting room. Um, we didn't Good, invite him. He'll have him. some thoughts on this. Yes, listen, I love Scalabrini. Let's I do, too. I, I don't know why he's there. We didn't invite him or anything, right? Uh, just, just, <laughs> he's just, just lurking just around. Yeah. He's looking for some one-on-one action or one-on-two. <laughs> how do you think? That's a good question. That's our first question. Bring well, we him have on right him. now. Yes, how would, how would Sal and I do one-on-two against Scalabrini? <laughs> that might be a fair contest. All right, our guest today is coming off Really a truly great week. His mighty Celtics beat the Bucks Friday night. His USC Trojans are in the Elite Eight. And he skunked some punk high school kid 11-0 for millions and millions to see. Former NBA champion, the White Mamba, Brian Scalabrini. What's happening, buddy? Thanks for coming on. Yeah, no, thanks for having me. I I, I do. Now that you reminded me, I had a, such a great week last week. I got to live up to that potential once again. I hope I have another good week. How do you top it? I guess USC could keep winning. Are you surprised at this? Day? I mean, everyone's surprised, right, that they went this far. But my God, they seem so talented to have lost seven games in a regular season. I don't know how that happened. Yeah, I, I think the biggest thing is like they're, they're playing with a tremendous amount of poise right now. And you see like Gonzaga, they look like an NBA team and the way they execute and the shots they get. And say, same with USC see like those guys get good possessions and guys don't feel frazzled like you watch a lot of college basketball you'll see a lot of guys that just like it just kind of helter skelter those two teams to me align with the the way the NBA plays right now and I'm so used to watching the NBA though I wish that those two teams could meet up later but the Gonzaga USC game is going to be tough I love I first of all Scalabrini I love that uh, you're calling it Gonzaga that's Mm. that's a disrespect right out of the gate Gonzaga how do you feel though (laughs) About the Pac-12, because we've our pal Jeff Schwartz over here. You know, he's an Oregon guy. And before the week, he's like, hey, Pac-12, man, it's awesome for the conference to do well. I feel this is wrong. You can't you you root for one team in the conference and then hate everyone else. They're your rivals after all. How say you, Scalabrini? I I, I say opposite. I say I root oh. for the conference. Yeah. No, I think about it. UCLA was playing Alabama yesterday, and I was rooting for UCLA. I want I want to establish the Pac-12 as the most dominant conference. I don't. I'm not into the rival stuff when it comes to tournament time. Now against USC for sure, but 
No, that's you know how you know it all comes down to money. So more more conference wins, more money in the conference. Oh, money! This is what fans are worried about. Is like what the com- how much money the conference <laughs> is making. What? Yeah, how woke get- are we going to be as a fan base here? This is you, getting new, a little uh, new uh, new facilities, new weight room, new this, new tracks, new basketball <laughs> courts, all that stuff, right? And and respect, and that's what you. Know, I want. We want the respect. I want my damn respect. I could see maybe to a certain point you rooting. All right, hey, it would be fun to have three uh, Pac-12 teams in the Final Four. But don't you, if USC, UCLA rather made the finals and won, you don't want to see cutaways and their fans going crazy and everything, right? Don't you root against them at some at some point? You yeah, have to pull yeah, the I'll draw the line there. Okay, yeah, good. but to have four, three teams in the in the Final Four, I would root yeah. up until that point. But no, I, I obviously. If it came down, no, I actually would root for the Pac-12 to get another national championship. Really? Even what if the hell? That doesn't help you if UCLA <laughs> yes, it wins. It's, it's, yes, it it, does. Then they will recruit better, not you. No, it does. It does because it brings more notoriety to the conference. You got to root. I mean, this is the way I always felt. You got to root team first, conference second. And, mm-hmm. and you can't waver based off of, of petty rivalries. Right. Uh, and what All about right, then it? go Nets, right? I mean, is that it? Is like, so if the Nets play the Lakers, are you? No, nah, NBA Nets? is a different animal. There's no extra <laughs> money involved in the Nets winning versus the Celtics. All right. uh, or, or no, 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 no. NBA okay, is a good. different animal. In college, you want your conference to do well. You want the notoriety of your conference after your team. All right. Well, I'm dizzy from all this. We'll have, we'll have to sort it out later, Dave. Now there's just two athletes uh, that are, are telling us they root for the conferences. Maybe we're wrong. We're on the wrong side. What do you think, though, Brian? You think they could, uh, USC could hang with Gonzaga? The problem, I think, is you get, look at the Mobley brothers and how dominant they've been. Maybe not the top two best players on the court in that game, right? Suggs is going to be a number one pick. Teammate's great. Like, I, I don't know that they stack up. And obviously, you have to hold US, uh, sorry, Gonzaga to. 75 to be in it, I think. Sure. Transition. That's what it all comes down to. They both mm-hmm. execute well in the half court. They both play with a tremendous amount of poise, but the Zags are a little bit faster in transition. They get out and run. So if USC has to take great shots. You can't miss layups because those turn to buckets for the Zags. You can't miss. You can't get turnovers. You can't get your shot blocked at the rim. So it comes down to transition. If they can get back, they'll be fine. All right. You were part of that uh, Elite Eight team, right? They, uh, you had to run into that Duke squad. Who they have? Jay Williams, Battier. They had a bunch of – Oh, they Yeah, Boozer, Dunleavy, Duhon. Oh, yeah, they had lot. five NBA players on that team, and uh, it was a good run. Very similar. We were a six seed. We, yeah. like, we, we played some top, you know, Kentucky, just like they played Kansas, and they had some really impressive wins. And so I think the difference now would be like, and similar with, we played Duke, who was the best team in the country that year. Yeah. They're playing Gonzaga, the best team in the country to go to the final four. So a lot of similarities, but I think the talent on this team is much more than what we had. Yeah. Scalabrini, I see that uh, you won a uh, world championship <laughs> with the Boston Celtics some years ago. Congratulations um, on that. Let's talk about the, the current edition of these Celtics here. I caught a lot of crap in Boston a week or two ago because People who I thought knew told me, oh, yeah, Brad Stevens is about to announce, and it could be as soon as end of this day, the time that I said this. Oh, Boston got very mad at me. Explain to me that Brad Stevens might leave the Celts to go why back he, to college. Why? why would, he, oh, but 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 people like Woj and everybody else jumped in and said, this is nonsense because no, co- no NBA head coach would ever leave the league to go back to college. 
To yeah. me, it seems uh, on some levels more desirable to be in the college town, to be in the the fire of a of a you know a, a tough town like Boston. Yeah, you know? I, I'll, I'll sum it up really easily for you. Brad loves uh, college basketball. He loves coaching college basketball. Begging a seventeen-year-old kid with the parents and the AAU uh, coach there, and can you bring my 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 teammate on my team? And the recruiting process—it's not an NBA. NBA is a much more cut and dry way of doing it, right? Mm. You have salary caps, you have max contracts, you have mid-level exceptions. You're not in there begging people to come. You talk to the agents, the, the players, like, okay, I like what you guys are doing. Let's go. The, the whole recruiting process is what. I think would draw the line for Brad Stevens being in the gyms in, in July, August and, and trying to recruit. And like I said, chasing around 18 year old kids and trying to convince them that you're going to help them get to the NBA while they're going to help you win a national championship. I think that's where you draw that hard line of like, I'm not, I don't want to do that. Speaking of chasing 18 year old kids, you were on the unfortunate. Well, it ended up being the fortunate end of a challenge. Um, it was last week. It was a gym. And a high school kid, what does he see you working out? And what did what happened exactly? He called you out because the yeah. first part was was cut off, but you made him uh, pay for it. Yeah, yeah, they did a good job of editing that. So, like, <laughs> I was so my daughter who plays was about to do a scrimmage, and mm -hmm. girls when they get together at the very start, they always talk and they put their shoes on, they ask how the day went, they look at their phones, like it's it's nuts, right? Like we got in the gym, we go right to the court. They get into the gym and they got to like catch up, right? So. While that's happening, I'm just warming up. I'm just getting back. I kind of hurt my back. I play a ton, by the way, still. I just mm. hurt my back about six weeks ago, and I'm just getting back into playing, so I'm trying to dial my shot in. And some high school punk comes over to me and starts, like, talking trash. Now, don't get me wrong. I play high school kids one-on-one -on -one all the time, and most of the time, they're really respectful about it. Hey, I was just wondering if I could see where I stand or stack up against an NBA player, a former NBA player. This guy came over with the heat, started talking major trash from the beginning, and I didn't want to play. So what I usually do to deter people from playing is I always have them put something on the line. Like, all right, let's, I know kids love their phones, so I was like, all right, put your iPhone up. I'll put mine, brand new. You put yours, winner takes the phone. <laughs> and I was thinking at that point that would deter him from wanting to play because no kid wants to now all of a sudden – a chance to play is different than a chance to lose my phone, right? right? So at that point, he kept he didn't bat an eye at it. He was like, put the phones up then. Let's go. <laughs> so then I'm like, oh, man, I got to play. I don't really want to play right now. I'm not, I haven't really played basketball in a while because I'm just coming back from this back injury, right? And so I had to level up, man. He, he wasn't backing down, so I had to go over there and play him. And at that point, you know, like if I was in and I warmed up and ready – then I had to put the smackdown on him versus like trying to help a young kid out, which I do all the time. Like, right. Hey, whenever you're driving, you want to get into my body because you got to do this. So with that kid, I was like, I'm going to destroy you. And that's basically wow. what I do. Wow. Imagine having such confidence, Dave. Was was anything other than 11 nothing acceptable? Like if you would, you have, would it have ruined your day if he had scored three on you? It wouldn't have been as good of a story if he right. would have scored a couple of points. But I'll tell you what, a lot of people don't believe. Here's. Here's the misconception. You can talk to a lot of people and they're like, common sense says you're not going to beat an NBA player one-on-one. -on -one. Mm -hmm. I think the shocking thing is if an NBA player doesn't want you to score, you're probably not going to score against him either. And that's where the divide is. I'll go around right now and I can talk to 100 people and 100 people would tell you I can get a bucket on you. 100 mm -hmm. people won't say they can beat you, 
a lot, all these people believe that they can score, but they do until they're out there. And I always said, Mike Tyson said it. Everyone has a plan until they get hit in the face. Well, everyone mm -hmm. has a plan until you get an elbow in your chest and I go up for a layup and you go five feet flying. Wow. Backwards. I think, right. I think I uh, sincerely, I think you honored the NBA and you did the right thing. You cannot allow an inch here. If you, I mean, the pressure is on you on behalf of, Jerry West on as the logo on down. If 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 the guy got a bucket off of you, that's a disgrace. Good for yeah. you. I'm glad you brought uh, the hammer down am, on this nonsense. I am 10 years out and 43 years old. <laughs> and I have like just like you guys have a lot of jobs. You gotta I gotta fit basketball in. This is a high school right. player playing every single day. He's on AAU teams, he's on his high school team. So like there will be a time. Where I will lose <laughs> to a high school kid. It doesn't like, besides LeBron, like Father Time is undefeated. Like LeBron has beat Father Time, but Father Time is undefeated. There will be a time when I lose this game. But as of now, can you beat every high school kid in the country? No, every single one. man, you go watch, you go watch some of the top players. He wasn't really? a top player. Nah, I'm sure those guys will beat me. Uh, okay. These guys are, these young guys now with personal coaches and all this stuff and working, you know, three, four hours a day. It's, it's just big business now, but no, I, I m might might be able to beat some all Americans, but I'm there's there's five guys out there that can beat me. There's ten guys out there that can beat me, no question. Mm. Scalabrini, could ahead, you sorry. now? Should we? Uh, this is a, a curmudgeon stuff out of me, and Sal okay. and otherwise get upset with me about this. I think we lie to ourselves if we act like college basketball is at the same level it was, even when you were around. And really, it's the one and done thing that the NBA is requiring these 18 year olds to spend that year. I think it's diminished the quality of play. And now every game feels like a coin flip result. Oral Roberts was almost one of the eight la uh, teams standing at this point. Mm -hmm. It's gotten to a point of silliness, right? The, the tournament is fun, no doubt. Red Dawn is a fun movie to watch, too, but you can also identify its flaws. And this tournament is fundamentally flawed as trying to evaluate who's the best team at this point. Brian, could you, you first could you first explain to Dave how hard it would be to flip a coin and get three ones and a two in the grade eight? Explain, yeah, Dave. That, just explain. All right, Oral Roberts almost won. What's yeah, yeah. You can no, keep talking no. about one of the teams, but why is it three ones and a two in the grade eight? Like it just no, your coin it, flip it, theory it, you, is terrible. Just so you me. look at it as flawed. I actually think it brings like the one and dones bring more excitement to it because a junior, a senior, a bunch of yeah. seniors, a bunch of juniors and seniors actually can beat five guys that are going to the draft next year. Like, I don't know if um, if the kid Max Abe Smith is going to make it to the NBA or not, or if he'll be a specialist guy or whatever. But the fact that he, they might be able to upset, you know, like three guys in the lottery, two guys in the lottery, I think that's what makes Force. it fun. Alabama Force. should have beat. Like, Alabama has all these athletes, but UCLA, their basketball IQ was off the chart. The, the, the execution, the picking them apart defensively, offensively forcing them to do what they don't want to do. Like, that's what makes the tournament better. It's because you're, you're not looking at all these finished products. The NBA is so predictable. You got most finished products. They all do the same thing. There's 10 different ways to win and 10 different ways to lose. So I actually think the opposite of you saying is flawed. I like the fact that a team with some seniors can come in there and win a national championship. Yeah, well, don't sing worry, UCLA's every, fight song, so. then. Why don't you? 
<laughs> I'm not doing that. Sing the Pac-12 fight song. That's what we need, Sal. We need no, a yeah, whole conference but, fight song. No, no, no. But if you watch, you can see like there's like when it comes to NBA players, Alabama had more NBA players because yeah. of size, length, athleticism, and all that than UCLA. But UCLA, even though they hit that game and went to overtime, poise, IQ, uh, execution, that's what won it. By the way, I have it on good authority that former Pac-12 players, the O'Bannons, it goes on and on, were rooting for the high school kid against you. So I'm not sure how this uh, how this translates. Can you That's imagine? Okay. Can you imagine in the '70s, Kareem Abdul-Jabbar in a gym being like, "Kid, we're playing for phones," and he's like, "What? The the thing hanging in my kitchen wall? The thing? Yep, yep, we're playing for phones. Go have your mother drive it over." Unbelievable! I didn't. I didn't take his phone, and I you didn't, didn't take, take his shoes. I just. I couldn't do it. I didn't want mommy and daddy calling me. And by the way, I had no idea this thing was going to go viral. Literally, I have zero idea. This is like a Tuesday for me. It's not anything special. <laughs> the only thing that made it special was the kid did not bat an eye, and I think he really thought he was going to beat me. What did he say afterwards? I'm so, sorry to keep getting back. No, to no, he was just he was embarrassed by in front of all his friends. <laughs> yeah, it was a tough day. They were, his friends, you guys seen Rocky Four, right? Rocky sure. went into Russia. They were booing sure. him and all that stuff. By round five, they were cheering for Rocky, and it was a disgrace to the Russian. That's how his friends were. Like they were killing me <laughs> until it was three zero, and then they started the shift. By eight, yeah. they were chanting my name, Scow, Scow, Scow. <laughs> yeah, we want to root for the winner. You know what you should have done? You should have taken one shoe. That would have been oh, even been more great. humiliating. Yeah. <laughs> Let him walk around with one shoe. There, there's his, there's his bad. I like Scalabrini, by the way. Those people uh, embarrassed themselves and their nation that night, that Christmas night in. Uh, oh yeah, in, in Moscow. Russia? Cheer yeah. Uh, like uh, Balboa strikes their their hero a couple of times on the jaw, and they flip and they start chanting <laughs> USA. That was an embarrassment. But what about if? Oh, you, you don't know me and Sal. Sal's, uh, what are you, like 5'4", Sal? Something like that. Oh, I'm about 6'1". Could we, well, we're a little older than you, let's say. Could we beat you two on one? Would that, oh, do, I, do you I think played, that would be uh, fair? I don't know how good you guys are, but I very, I'm very good. good but yeah. I played three radio guys here in Boston. Three? And I beat them. I let them score. I beat them 11-1. So wow. three guys. <laughs> Three radio guys. If you guys could shoot, if you could shoot, you could beat me. Put it at two on one. I can't cover that much space. But if you can only make layups, you will not get a layup against yeah. me. But if you can shoot, then you can beat me because I can only cover so much ground. That's oh, not fair. How did you get so much high? Hey, you know what else isn't fair? The NBA and these trades and I don't know. What, what do you see? It just seems like a few. it was only a few years ago that David Stern said, no, Chris Paul can't come to the Lakers. That would be unfair. And now you have these teams loading up and the Nets, like, where does it end? Now they, they sign uh, all well, and, uh, did, yeah. is it fine? Do you, uh, are you okay with this? And then the Lakers yeah. get drumming. Yeah. And here's the thing. Here's the thing. Yeah. Like the fans, the internet, Twitter, everyone's going nuts at Blake Griffin and LaMarcus Aldridge are signing with the Nets. Right. And everyone's going nuts about it. Mm -hmm. But do you know who, like if the Nets got Rashawn Holmes out of Sacramento, no one would bat an eye. But Rashawn Holmes is much better for their for the Nets mm -hmm. than both those guys. But you know how it's like when people think it's Blake Griffin jumping over a Kia and it's a Marcus <laughs> Aldridge, one of the biggest free agents ever. Like the game has passed both those guys when you think about the speed of the game. Now, can they contribute? Yes. But they're a fraction of what they were. And this is a fast game now. And the big men are not necessarily household names, guys who are better than those guys, no one knows, but they just are remembering 
Blake Griffin, the commercials, the Marcus Aldridge, the free agency, they're not seeing, like they're not watching Blake Griffin in Detroit, or maybe they're not even seeing LaMarcus Aldridge in San Antonio. So it's not, it's, it's kind of an overreaction from the name, not the game. Yeah. But is it, I, I feel like that the older gang is, is the, are the people who don't like what's happening in the NBA, but you were there for, I guess the original big three really, or the mm-hmm. 21st century version of what a big three is, or big four, if we include you in that, in that, uh, in that Celtics title run, uh, 12, 15 years ago. Um, I, I get that people are uncomfortable with change and progress and system, but this is basically what it is. Instead of a GM doing it for the Lakers in say 1980 and getting Kareem and magic and James worthy together, this is the player level. This is, uh, this is, uh, the working class pulling together. This is, this is the way it's going to be, whether you like it or not. Right. This yeah. is the extension of it. I, I don't have a problem. I think people have the right to play with who they want to play for. And, I just wish, like you said, that that Chris Paul trade that was vetoed. Yeah, it would be interesting if, um, you know, like if the Houston Rockets. I think it's one of the worst trades in the history of the NBA. What they got in return mm. for James Harden, who might win the MVP this year. It's like it's amazing that guy started out handing honey bun bags to rappers with strippers around, and all of a sudden <laughs> now he might be hosting the MVP <laughs> trophy right next to Adam Silver, where they laugh, smile, take the picture, and they whisper things into each other's ear during the time. Like, I don't even think what kind of bizarre world that we live in, <laughs> but it doesn't mean he doesn't deserve it. He 100% at this point deserves winning the MVP, but uh, I think I he goes I on a run. I think, he, I think you see like five out of six 40 point games from Harden, and then he's <laughs> really in the conversation. And then other players uh, fraternize with strippers. They're like, hey, this ended up being a good thing. Oh, listen, Ray Lewis was the Super Bowl MVP. MVP. That, that you think? Yeah. I don't think there's anything James Harden could do. He just gained a little bit of weight before yeah. uh, before he made it up to New Jersey. But is this the best? I, it occurs to me that LeBron, obviously at the height of his powers, was the best, and Dwayne Wade was pretty close there. And then Bosch made a powerhouse one. Um, Celts too. It was always oh, Paul Pierce gets the shot if it if it's a last second situation. This to me feels like wait. Let's let's pull back a little bit. It's James Harden, Kevin Durant, and Kyrie Irving. This crazy. I mean, these are these are three of the thirty best scoring NBA players in the history of people. True. Let's let's divide that out. We have the top two, maybe yeah. let's say two of the top three uh, score best scores of our generation. Whatever the two thousand ten mm-hmm. to twenty, whatever these guys play. Let's just Durant and Harden, and then you have Kyrie in that. He's not in the set. He is. There is a huge drop-off between those two and Kyrie. Even though he's having a really good season this year, I don't think that he's in their their conversation. So anytime you put two top five players, and if Kevin Durant has to be healthy, he's not healthy right now. And it's there's it's a long story on whether he'll be able to come back and 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 push through a playoff run where you're gonna get tight and nicked up and it's a it's a long seat, it's a long playoff grind. And how many I we don't even know how many minutes Kevin Durant's gonna play, but like James Harden and Kevin Durant alone, those two guys on a team would probably be better than any two duos out there, unless you throw in LeBron and Anthony Davis when both of those guys are healthy. I, you know, I'm sorry to interrupt you, but uh, Woj is reporting that the Celtics just signed the kid you beat in the high school gym uh, to a 10 day contract. So that's good. They're right back in the mix there, right? <laughs> See, no, it's not no, just the Nets no. getting rich. <laughs> they would not be in the mix. But we, I did ask Danny on air. Danny, you saw my video. What do you think? You got, think I got anything left? He's like, <laughs> you didn't have anything left 10 years ago. Uh, <laughs> those are hurtful words. Who would, 
I to me, they need to replace the whole All Star uh, game. It's not entertaining anymore. It's it's uh, it's nonsense. What about a one on one tournament though? And you have two sides of it: six nine and under, six ten and above. Who would win the six nine and under one? Who would win James Harden versus Kevin Durant? First of all, I think the six nine and under would win that. Yeah, they just play fast. Well, who would threes. win it though? Who would win it? Oh, LeBron? in a one on one? Yeah. Le- probably LeBron at six nine and under, and maybe Embiid. Embiid would would beat Durant one on one. I mean, he's massive. He just like he, what you saw me do to the high school kid. That's what yeah. Embiid would do to the rest of the guys. But like doesn't you- yeah, doesn't it depend on who has the better phone? Like if Embiid has an iPhone <laughs> six, what does what does he care about? Right? He'll just give it gold plated. Yeah. yeah, good point. Good point. No, I. <laughs> I, I can't imagine anybody in the NBA would be able to beat Embiid one-on-one. He's too big. He's too skilled. Scalabrini, tell the story. I know it's a, a little uh, <laughs> while back now. The night you won the NBA title <laughs> with the Celtics. <laughs> what right. happened? You went into the press conference after the game? Yeah, so you know, I had my pregame meal that day at 3, and then we won the championship, and I took two bottles of champagne right to the head. I mean, did all the <laughs> like pictures and all that, and chanting, yeah, 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 we go to the back of the locker room. When everyone was squirting the champagne, I was taking it down, right? And then, you know, champagne, it hits you weird, right? It's not normal. Like, so you, I'm walking around kind of finding people, felt fine, and then I had this crazy idea to go up on the podium and call the media out for saying we're going to lose to the Lakers. So I go up onto the podium and all of a sudden it hits me and I am like, the room starts to spin and I'm answering all these questions <laughs> <laughs> completely hammered. And that's why I came up with that line. Like, you guys are all, oh, you're laughing at me because I never played, but no one's going to remember that. You know, <laughs> I, I didn't I didn't realize the explosion of the internet and, and YouTube. You can look all this stuff up. So I said, 10 years from now, you're not going to remember. In 20 years from now, I'll tell my kids I played in 30 years. I'll probably lie and say I got the MVP. So I'm not too worried about <laughs> it. And uh, now I tell people all the time, yeah, I, when people say, Scal, thank you for 2008. Because, you know, I do the Celtic games and I walk around the arena yeah. when we have fans. And now I say, I know, man. I carried that team all the way to the championship. <laughs> <laughs> you carried Paul Pierce off the court and then back out, and then you carried the Celts to a title. Man. That's it, man. By the way, if, doing if, it all. <laughs> if every few years you could plant a viral video of you beating up on a capable player, maybe right. people may re- think of you as an MVP. Like, yeah, that's a kid. I, he still beats everybody. It's unbelievable yeah. what he does. Exactly. I, think, he, I exactly. think there's something to it. You remember Keep he had going. a great finals. You remember that finals against the Lakers? Yeah, he was <laughs> Good. <laughs> hey, we have Kendrick Perkins on our podcast network. He does a podcast he hosts with uh, Gina Paradiso called The Betting Academy. Very informative. I think he went three out of four this week. Do you have a good Perk story? I mean, I know you guys were uh, the life of the party there in Boston. Yeah, so so Perk has been uh, Perk has been working with us now at NBC Boston. Right. Yeah, my, I mean, my best Perk story is. Um, oh, it was <laughs> it was when uh, we had a. Uh, Delonte West and Gerald Green, and there was a mix-up in play calls, and they were kind of jawing back and forth. And one thing or another, like Delonte West challenged Gerald Green to kind of a fight, and and Perk instead of letting it like normally, like you get in in the NBA, you jump in between, like oh, we're all good, we're all good, we're all good. Don't hold me back. Let's, let's get back to practice. 
Herp was like, come on, let's go. Y'all need to settle this. We need to get this done right now. We need to get it out there. Y'all want to fight? We need to fight because that's we got to get past this. So that was the uh, – I remember Perk was like just gassing up those two guys. I'm not sure he wanted them to fight, but he was like, we need to get – we need to clear the air right now. So I thought that was a really funny story from Perk. That's the best. He still does that with our podcast producers. He hasn't stopped. There you go. He's a troublemaker. Uh, right. Do me a favor. Give me, I'm going to bet on FanDuel. Give me an NBA champ and give me an NCAA tournament champ. I'm going to parlay them together. Um, all right. So if you want, if you want odds, you'll pick USC. If you're odds, like a, I want the winners. I want to win this, uh, this parlay. I think, I think, I think the Zags are going to beat USC. So I would take the Zags. One team I'm worried about is Baylor. Those guys right. defend, man. They defend. But I think Zags beat those teams. Mm-hmm. Uh, like I said, USC is the, their toughest matchup. If they beat USC, they're going to win. And for the NBA champ, whew, I'm going to say – I'm going to say the Milwaukee Bucks. Really? Wow. Wow, yeah. that's a hefty pay. That's over 21-1 to 1 odds if we do yeah. Gonzaga to the Bucks. there. They're plus so you're telling me those two get you twenty-one to one? Yeah, so a little over. What is what would if you threw Baylor in there? What would that get you? Uh, well, it'd get you. A, uh, we'd have to take in Zag out. I'm telling. Yeah, say Zag's out. Baylor in <laughs> box. Yeah. Baylor right. in box. Okay, so let's say. Oh boy, that's a nice one. That's thirty-seven to one. Bucks and Baylor. Oh, I would let's keep it that. at the Zags. I'll keep it at the Zags. Uh, yeah, twenty-one to one. I'd keep it at the Zags. All right. I'm doing yeah. it. I'm doing it. Yeah. And then we'll, I'm, uh, I'm telling you, the Zags beat USC is on the same level as the Zags, except the Zags play fast. So if if they can get past this round, if, right. if the Zags can get past this round, they're going to win a national championship. I almost think this is their toughest uh, spot That's what I right think, now. too. Yeah. That's interesting. I do, too. USC looks really poised. Yeah. Poise matters in big games. So Yeah, for sure. Go. Well, thanks for coming on. This has been terrific. Uh, you know, yeah, if that parlay hits, I'm going to get you a new iPhone because it's a, it's all about the phones, as Brian Scalabrini has told us. Do you have anything else to plug? No, if you're up in a, a New England area, I have a Scal's Lemonade Vodka if you guys want to just get hammered on some really high-quality stuff. So there you go. Yeah, well, let's get that for so we can jump on the podium after we win the, uh, <laughs> the two-on-one I, against Scalabrini. I didn't play around. I went 18% alcohol. So it's, it's, it's strong and you're supposed to crush a can. You're not supposed to mix it with anything. So good luck with that. Why do I feel like he's going to be drinking this stuff 20 years from now, challenging high school kids in the gym? Come on, let's go. (laughs) If I'm I'm being kids after drinking 20 years, after (laughs) drinking two scows, lemonade, vodka, and I'm doing something right. (laughs) Excellent. (laughs) All right. Thanks for coming on, Brian. I appreciate the time. What you got it, guys. Life. See you. Take care. <laughs> uh, he's I, fun. A lot I of told fun. You, delightful fellow, right? You did. Yeah. He's excellent. All right. So we have to go Gonzaga and Milwaukee. And he, uh, that's what What did we say? 21 to 1? On How Sandler? embarrassed? To me, I think that would be a grave embarrassment if we lost two on one to him. No, no, no. I don't care who's the best player in the NBA. LeBron, he just said whatever, he beat three Giannis. guys. Why, if why? Giannis beat us, for real. There would be no way for us to stop him from scoring is the problem. And same thing with <laughs> that Scalabrini. That is a problem. It's, and we'd have to hit every shot from the field. Otherwise, he's getting the rebounds, right? So I guess if it's make it, take it, that's the critical choice. But yeah. that's what would decide the game, is if it was make it, take it, we, w- we would, in fact, lose. Two grown men would lose to one other We're grown done. man. Yeah, I, if I have to move around a little, I, I'm, I have no interest in playing uh, basketball 
for the rest of my life. <laughs> I, I, we, honestly, we'd play how many days a week? Um, I know. You know, right? After the man show, obviously it's two decades ago, but uh, I, I just, I played Archie, my, my oldest son, like a few years ago, and I felt like I was going to have a heart attack. I'm like, what's more important that I, that I try to beat this kid, which I probably won't because he was already taller than me at the time, or that I, uh, I, I keep working for the family. And I decided, um, to keep I, working well, for the I mean, I, I agree. It's a sad revelation that, mm. or, that I had maybe about six months or a year or so ago. Hench invited us to play basketball yeah. at his place. And I said, I can't play. I'll get hurt for sure. I would definitely ruin my back again or pull or rip an Achilles or something like that. And then it occurred to me like, well, that's not going to change five years from now or 10 years from now. I uh, like you, I think I probably have played my last competitive basketball yeah. game. We that looked for every kinda. excuse to blow that, that uh, invitation off. But, and now, uh, now we just watch and we bet and we bet on FanDuel Sportsbook, America's number one sports book, because on FanDuel, your first bet is risk free. It doesn't matter if you were taking Oral Roberts this weekend, or if you were taking the Bell or Bears, new users, got up to $1,000 and will incite credit back if the first bet doesn't win. They have odds on all the action, games, day and night, easy to use app, multiple deposits and fast withdrawals. And if that's not enough, FanDuel wants to make you a millionaire. Yes, you. They're giving away $1 million to one lucky better. New and existing users get an additional shot at the payout every day you bet the NCAA tournament. So if you want a shot at becoming a millionaire, Download the FanDuel Sportsbook app. Just use promo code extra points so they know we sent you. Yes, FanDuel Sportsbook, promo code extra points. Dave, let's get to these FanDuel odds. So eight teams left. Gonzaga plus 135, Baylor 3 to 1, Michigan plus 550, Houston plus 650, USC 13 to 1, Arkansas 20 to 1, Oregon State 20 to 1, UCLA bringing up the rear at 28 to 1. The LA teams are advancing. That's a lot of fun. They'll play on Tuesday. Um, I'm trying to sum it up. Gonzaga rolled, Baylor rolled, got off to a slow start against uh, Villanova. But then, you know, it's funny. These teams that live and die by the three, I'm not saying Baylor does that because they play great defense, but they were like two for 12 from three, and they were able to make up for it, whereas an Alabama was not able to make up for it, you know, and um, that's where the better, better teams are. I thought the best game was Arkansas. It's actually for the eight games <clears throat> on the whole, they weren't that entertaining. The first six went under. There weren't a lot of points scored. Arkansas, <clears throat> sorry, UCL Alabama only went over because it went to overtime. But I thought Arkansas Oral Roberts was the best game. And we saw that Max Asmus, who spells his name with a B for some reason, top scorer in the country. Lots of fun to watch. He missed that last second shot. I thought it was in. I don't know if you were watching. I, live, I, I thought I, it was in. Just, yeah, by the camera angle, it looked like it was uh, it was going to hit the bottom of the net there. I, I mean, for real, I... I, it's super fun. I if Oral Roberts would have won, that's ridiculous. That's not good. Why? Why is it not good? seed being one of the eight teams left standing is ridiculous. Why it do undermines you care? the credibility of the tournament. But fine. And, and the but but the other one that just points to why the diminishing returns of a tournament upsets are fun. But Oregon State Loyola, like I mean, that's a game. That's one of the last games. And and you saw first of the all, game you get to see Loyola. You don't see any time during the year because they play in a crap conference. Yes, and they play a defensive struggle against Oregon State. And add to it the sister gene. It's all fun. We wouldn't have seen Max Aismas, right? He's a, a sophomore. He's only six one. Don't expect to see him in the pros, but he glided past these other guys. 
put up the last second shot. That's that's the most memorable moment of the tournament. You, and you're you're a proponent for it never have happened. I get it. I listen, I I, I understand that I don't want to beat a dead horse, even though I already am. No, if listen, you were right, you would, you, if you just, were right, you would want to, but you're wrong. So I could see why you would want to. I uh, I mean, because because uh, we're I guess ultimately splitting hairs. It's like I'm trying to hot take the March Madness and yes. saying it's not a fun tournament. It's great fun, of course. It's you know, I watched Lethal Weapon and I watched uh Bever I don't know why we're I'm in a jag of watching 80s movies, but I am um here at the house. And, you know, I like all those. I just uh, think it's flawed. I don't think it's a great way to establish who's the best team, but who cares? That's not No, no, no. I, I got I got to hitch on this because you're you're I thought you're, the UCLA game was to me that was the best game. That that was uh, You're ignoring hard facts when 10 of the last 13 years the number 1 has won it. So you can't just say, "Oh, it never produces. We're seeing nines versus eights in the finals." Like that no, that's not true. And by the way, this is the worst part of your argument. And there's so many different ways to attack it. You love hockey. And yes. there is no postseason tournament that invalidates the regular season more than the NHL playoffs. There's just not. There's eights routinely upsetting ones. And you're like, oh, it's glorious. How do you, why are you not talking about that all the time? How bad the hockey playoffs are and what they do for invalidating a five-month regular season. You might as well play a, a scrimmage on a pond against local kids four times a year because you're getting eight seeds routinely upsetting ones. I believe me. I, I if if you're uh arguing with me that we need fewer teams in our postseason tournaments, no matter what sport we're talking about. No, I'm not. I'll sign off on that. No, I'm saying I'm just hockey. argue with you about any no, I'm, of, I'm any saying of just hockey. I'm not saying every sport. I'm saying the NCAA has it right because 10 of the last 13 years, a good team has won. Hockey, we see the one seeds get, bow out in the first round. A lot, not even just a little. So I, I'm, I, I, you know, I don't have a response other than yes, I agree. <laughs> too many, Tim, too many playoff teams in every sport. Seven playoff teams per side in the NFL stinks, and it's going to uh, produce diminished results as we go through the next decade or so. It's gonna, they're going to be more stinkers uh, I, landing in title games and otherwise. Yeah, I just I'm don't not, know why I'm you don't complain about it, it more. But why don't you complain about it more with with hockey? I can play. Well, all right. I, I, I guess I, I can't mount much of a defense uh, right now because I don't have the numbers in front of me. Let me look them up to see how many bum teams end up winning the Stanley Cup. I don't think that happens. Uh, oh, but often. I mean, I'm just saying if you hate to see Oral Roberts, like, why would you want to see Winnipeg? And like you're I seeing once I don't. Right. My answer is I don't want to see that. I don't like it any better in the hockey than I do in college basketball. I right. the one and done nature of it. And it's just these these these. You know, I guess it is. You're right to some degree that the NHL's, uh, you know, uh, it's the uh, worst. It's the, the worst when it a comes fourth to place team is the equivalent of a, yes, you know, it, it's a, a, a ninth flip. best team in the ACC getting in and making hay in the tournament. I, I listen. It's great fun. That's my bottom line. Okay. Let me tell you this. Yeah, I just disparaged the Pac-12. Good news for Scalabrini and Jeff Schwartz and mm -hmm. otherwise. I'm on board now. C consider me among the converted, at least for this these last handful of games. Oh, we have to root for the locals at this point, right? I mean, what do we care anyway? Oh, now we're going. Oh, now we're going to jump on the Pac-12 bandwagon. No, right, I, fine. No, no. What do you mean? No. Yes, of course. We're the, it's a local team. They've gone far. I'm not. I didn't. You went to Indiana. What do you care if a Pac-12 team wins? You need. Well, now Michigan we got our win? new coach, which is another story altogether, and we don't need to get into that. I will tell you here <laughs> and now. 
the Beavers, uh, I, the Pac-12 is doing well. How much, uh, how, how much more evidence does one need to to know that they're getting too many points here in this one? The Beavers six and zero against the spread mm. in the last six neutral site games. For what that's worth, as an underdog, all the numbers point to they are really undefeated. However, you want to chop it up against the spread, given you know neutral site factors, or as an underdog, or following a uh, a straight up win, everything points to the Beavers getting past a number that looks a little bit too big here. So give me uh, Oregon State. I'm with you. Congratulations, Jeff Schwartz. I'm with you too. Houston, seven and a half point favorite. That's tonight. 129 is the over-under. They beat Syracuse. They beat the zone. Everything everyone said is true. They had two, but, you know, to beat the zone, you have to rebound and you have to shoot well. Well, they beat Syracuse, who went cold from three by 16. Oregon State, though. 18-3-1, 18-3-1 and one in the last 22 against the spread. Ethan Thompson coming off 26-point game and a 22-point game against Sister Jean. They played defense. They held Tennessee to 17 below their average. They held Cade Cunningham to, what, 6 of 20. We saw what they did to Sister Jean's team. That was uh, That's a very good win. Uh, that game wasn't really even close at the end. I'm taking Oregon State plus the 7.5. What do you like, Arkansas Baylor? I'm bummed that I didn't, by the way, I, I just, it, it was one of those ones where you, where I was thinking to myself by halftime or as the, as UCLA was pulling away at the end of the first half there, I was thinking, dang it. I knew the Bruins were the money line was the bet there. And, uh, and I cursed myself after the overtime I'll go with, um, this is an interesting one. I feel like, uh, with Baylor. And the suffocating defense is something, and I uh, we talked about the looking in the mirror effect that Villanova might have on them. Um, and I felt smart halfway through the game, and then uh, B- Baylor uh, stuck it mm-hmm. to Nova. <clears throat> Here, it's fascinating because the Bears, you know, the the bookmakers have now caught on that Baylor depresses scoring to some degree. The Razorbacks have taken every game under the last four. Uh, uh, they are, it's um, choose your side here. I'm going to go under with uh, with Arkansas combined with Baylor's mm. defense here. Baylor, for what it's worth, this is a risky pick because they keep taking games over because I think the bookmakers started to lower the number a little bit. You tell me if I'm wrong about yeah, my a little logic bit. on that one. But the Razorbacks have consistently, in fact, undefeated in taking games under the last five overall. Baylor um, almost as successful in going over. I'm going to say here that these two teams combined, maybe the pressure of a Final Four and otherwise depresses scoring even further. So I'm going to go under in that one. Yeah, yeah. no one's going to argue with the under picks in this tournament. I don't know. There's at least one team gets off to a real slow shooting uh Start Arkansas have been behind by 11 or more in the last two games. Um, and then they were losing, I think, at halftime or in the first half to Colgate. Baylor forces the third most turnovers, which is good, I think, for your under. If they're down 10, Arkansas, in this game, I think they could be down 20. I think against Baylor. Mm-hmm. I love that Moses Moody, good player. I think he averages 17 points a game. Steve Lavin came on against all odds the other day and said it becomes about guard play in the third, in the fourth, in the fifth, and in the final game. And that is where Baylor thrives. David Mitchell, Jared Butler, Macy Teague, those are the guys you want to lean on. Baylor 9-3 and three against a number in the last 12 on a neutral site. I say 80-65. I think we're both happy there, Dave. That puts it under 145 and a 15-point win for Baylor. 
uh, who I still have a little scratch on to win this uh, this whole thing. I mean, it's funny. People say, I don't know. I'm, I'm looking. I was watching even Barkley and the inside the NBA guys who are doing the the NCAA uh, post game show now. Um, it's like, can anyone beat Gonzaga? And they're like, oof, no, no. Like, well, hold on a second. All these teams left are at least as good as BYU, who gave Gonzaga a battle in their conference tournament final. So we can't say no. It is single elimination, Dave, to your point. So they could have an off day or an off half and not uh, be able to come back. So I think USC can give them a run. I think Baylor, if they meet up, can give them a run. Let's not automatically get Gonzaga cash it at plus 135. I think there's still a lot of action left. I, I I mean, I definitely agree. Some of the truths that have existed since I started watching college basketball, and we've uh, talked a great deal about that NC State team from way back when who beat five slam a jam and now Houston after all these years back trying to, to get to a final four. But, you know, that's a truth. I learned very early on in watching college basketball and the tournament specifically is that it's about the guards. Yep. Um, and you know, I, I, I also, the other side of it is, and that's kind of, I know it's exciting and everything else, but when a whole season boils down to just those 40 minutes, you go cold shooting the ball. Of course you can lose a game. And certainly the way Gonzaga plays, um, I, it, it, it wouldn't be, Mm-hmm. I, I, w- I wouldn't be the greatest stunner of my life. I would, I if I had to bet every dollar I had, just straight up, who's going to win the tournament? I'll take the Zags, but it's not going to floor me if right. uh, USC knocks them off. Well, I think they'll be if they played Baylor. I don't think they'd be more than a four and a half point favorite in the finals. So, do you really want to ride that plus one thirty five for the next three games? I don't know, but let's please give on. me that one, and then you can stick it to me. But good, you can just make fun of me. See, it all want? worked out. That's all I want. What I want are the best teams to play. What we've known for two and a half months at least now is that those right. are the two best teams. Just give me that, and then I and I won't bellyache for for right. uh, at least three weeks about it. I think we're gonna get there. Uh, hockey's a different story. I don't know who's going to be. I don't know. Oh, well, that's, you, could, you know what? There you could flip Keep your on coin. being too cool for school. I'm you not going to talk about it. I'm saying if you're ever going to flip your coin, that's where to do it. Baseball playoffs and hockey playoffs. Ah, ah, come come on. on. Is that, it's a fluke that, uh, Gretzky and Lemieux and Crosby and, uh, all right. Caves and, um, it does, and, that's, uh, it's all that's, you, they, these are the guys who have won the state generation. What are we ago. arguing about? Uh, we're yeah. arguing that this day and age hockey produces eight seeds as much as this day else. and age has produced this particular year. Mm-hmm. Our Lord's year 2021 <laughs> has produced one of the most satisfying, entertaining, engaging hockey seasons of my lifetime and shame the devil, Sal. <laughs> you were turning your nose up at it. Eddie Spaghetti, he sends texts just blindly about like, hey, like, hey the blue shirts, they're going to catch the flyers and everything else. He's, I mean, just to live through poor Eddie Spaghetti as he, as he hopes against hope that his Rangers sneak into the playoffs right. this year is worth the price of admission. It's lots of fun, Sal. You really should. I do. Well, I'm on it. Listen, I'm, I'm, I was on your bet, the anti uh, Sabres bet. And by the way, who, who plays them? Someone's on the road today against them, like a, Minus two ten. Who is it? Spaghetti or meatballs? Who's playing them? I don't know. It's a well, they finally they finally I, wised up a little bit now. The goal uh, and Todd a half. Berman yeah. has figured it out, and uh, um, you know, uh, meatballs and brother Bry and Parlay Kid and otherwise, yeah. everybody jumping on board with this one. Now it was bound to happen, but 
it's now getting prohibitive. It's getting to be a little bit crazy to bet. Well, uh, and they lost. They, the Sabres they lost. You the almost Bruins have to only take beat them by one. Bruins actually had it. Uh, I was watching on my phone. But one you did watch that, that, right? Well, because I had one and a half, but I also had them straight up just to win. And the, the guy had an open net, uh, empty net with uh, 20 feet out. And Patrice the, and the Bergeron with 10 seconds to go. Yes, yeah. Missed the net by and right? the open cage by 10 feet. It wasn't was even close. Wasn't even close. But what I'll say is still bet against them just to lose, right? The Sabres. I think I've been putting them on every parlay, every team the Sabres played just to lose, not even the goal in half. I know you're laying like minus 300, but I liken it to like, I like this chili crunch sauce that, uh, that David Chang has. I put it on everything. Hmm. So that's kind of what I'm doing with the anti Sabres bet. I'm putting it on every parlay. It's a smart See? bet. And it's only yeah. going to get worse. As I say, they're like incompetent Thanos, the the Buffalo Sabres right now, because they've got a gaggle <laughs> of talent. They dealt Eric Stahl and we don't right. need to talk NHL anymore if you don't want, but they have a bunch of pieces that if a team can assemble a couple of those pieces and put them on, that's going to be enough for them to win the, uh, the uh, prize jewel of the NHL, the Stanley Cup, because they do. It, it's weird because they have some high-end players, but they are the mm. a, an all-time garbage team. Um, anyway, listen. Well, can, the it. question been, is, can they grab the eight seed? That's the only way they're going to win the title. If, if, if they're lucky <laughs> enough to grab the I don't eight listen. Seed. All I'll say to you is this. The bottom line, <laughs> the one thing that's remarkable, and I know there's a lot going on in sports, but you dress... 18 skaters in the NHL. The Penguins literally have been missing one third of those guys. A high end guy, superstar right. players. Six out of the 18, no matter. They continue to to uh, win hockey games. It's quite a it's right. quite a show. I think you got my Islanders show. tonight after beating them this weekend. That's what I I've know. been trying that was to remark. That was the latest remarkable feat by the underman. But there let me you just go. say one more thing. The Hart Trophy <laughs> is going to go to Connor McDavid. But it's officially time to start talking up number eighty-seven, Sidney Crosby. He's he's lugging this. It's team. time to start talking up. What do you really? as a as a Hart Trophy candidate? I mean, oh, I, he's 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 dragging this team right now to uh, to heights do unimaginable. It. Twenty-three to one. Jump on it, Dave. Fandle's got it right he's there. He's not going to get it. Fandle.com slash. He deserves points. a shout out. All right. What did we do? We covered the Nets. Aldridge to the Nets. Drummond to the Lakers. I think is a bigger deal, actually. Three to one mm -hmm. odds, yeah. Lakers to win it all. Uh, you know, 18 points a game, 14 rebounds. That's a real player. Uh, when you start playing defense in the playoffs, which some teams tend to do, that is going to be tough to go inside. Teams will beat them with the three, maybe. But my God, if everything's uh, working, everyone's healthy and AD and LeBron and and Drummond inside, it's going to be trouble. And more importantly, kept them off the Clippers. Right, because the Clippers right. were well, one of the teams in the run running for uh, to sign Drummond. Yeah, that's exactly right. And you know, it, it's kind of like we talked about last week to um, with with uh, pro football and free agency. You know, the even people in Pittsburgh who aren't happy that Juju Smith Schuster came back to the Steelers, you'd be very upset if he wound up on the Ravens. When you rob Peter and pay Paul within your division, that's a real problem. So, right for the Lakers to keep him off the Clips at least is worth that. But let's hope also for if you're a pedigree snob like I am and and uh, you like merit, if we get Lakers, the defending champs against this Nets super team, that's going to be the most satisfying final all due Absolutely. respect to the other possibilities and the stylistic difference too. I mean, that, that would be so much fun if you have 
Drummond, LeBron, AD, and otherwise going up against uh, up against these you know high end scores on the perimeter. It's juicy stuff just because they're so uh, you know as much as and M- two NBA teams can play it completely differently. That's what you would see in an NBA Finals. It'd be fascinating. Well, it probably will be, but I am going to bet these parlays that uh, Scalabrini left us with the Bucks like and it. Gonzaga at twenty one to one, Bucks and Baylor at thirty three to one. I believe those were the odds. Go to Fandle.com slash extra points. He's a champion. Look at him. USC and it's Celtics. We, 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 it'd be a slap in his face. And he dominated that high school kid. Who are we to turn our nose up You're at right. Scalabrini's advice? This is his year. Let's jump on board. And you know what, Dave? We uh, He announced his. He's a champion. And now it's time for us to announce our champion of the okay. week. Yes. Crown Royal. Back doubling down on its responsible drinking commitment. Bringing the Crown Royal water break to even more sports events. This year, there we go. Kevin Garnett is helping out. New Crown Royal TV spots remind us to stay hydrated, stay royal, and not to be that person that ruins the game day experience for friends and family. My Crown Royal Athlete of the Week, Francis Naganu, the new UFC heavyweight champion of the world. And of course, Dave, as often happens with these things, I have to lose money on the Crown Royal Athlete of the Week for to, to recognize him. I didn't really bet against him. I put... Money that his fight against Stipe Miocic would go over a round and a half. Well, it was over one minute into the second round. He dominated Nagano. He went out there. He worked, First of all, this guy worked in sand mines, Dave, in Cameroon. And now, what a great story. Hmm. Coming back, you watch the video. It's heartbreaking. They show him in the sand mines. Heavyweight champion of the world. Sweet man in the post-fight presser. Uh, already called out by John Bones Jones. What a great fight that would be, I think. I saw if it happened, Nagano would be like a minus 140 favorite. Let's do it. Bones Jones, get your act together. Fight him. We get it. You tested positive for drugs after the fight, but let's just see it. I don't think uh, any kind of uh, stimulants or what else you put in your body is going to help. Francis Nagano, the new UFC heavyweight champion and my crown royal athlete of the week. Who's yours? I'm going to go with that's a good one. I didn't know that um, that sand needed to be mined. Yeah. To begin with. That seems weird. Seems like uh there is a you know it's places it you can go to just get to it. Mined. You know, yeah. you don't need to mine it. It's there's plenty of it around to begin right. with. <laughs> um anywho, I'm gonna go with Kevin Durant here because I feel like he is uh he is at the right spot as we complete this NBA circle. It wasn't very long ago where people were were saying bad about KD for allegedly ring chasing. Mm-hmm. Um You know, he is one of the 10 best players in NBA history and was before he went to Golden State. And given the the makeup of the NBA in the 21st century, he went to Golden State and became their best player on a borderline dynasty. Now, a lot of people on the other side of Basketball America are going to New Jersey to join forces in part with Kevin Durant. Why? To ring chase, allegedly or otherwise, uh, this is some gaggle of talent. Mm. And this five, whatever you want to say about them, their name brands, maybe not as good as they were in their primes in LaMarcus Aldridge's and Blake Griffin's case. But imagine what <laughs> they have gathered now in New Jersey. They have the that five right there. The lowest draft pick out of that five was James Harden at three overall. The <laughs> other four guys were either two or one. That's, That's just so a, a, a remarkable peaking of what started with the big three in Boston and then what LeBron 
Dwayne Wade and Chris Bosh put together in Miami. And I, for one, I know people are uncomfortable with change, but is it really that different than what happened with the Lakers? People say Magic didn't need to ring chase. No, he instead landed with Kareem, who forced his way out of Milwaukee and moved to L.A. And then the Lakers won a coin flip that got them James Harden uh, from a draft from a draft pick. And so that's how dynasties come together. This is a 21st century version put together at the working man's level. I, for one, support it. All right. And it all goes back to Kevin Durant. Cheers to you, fella. You know, and the Lakers. Hopefully you're out this. there to win it, though. That's that's the real no, thing. I don't now he's he got to get out there to play. No, no, no. He's just going to keep sitting down. That would be the greatest, right? If you just like, uh, I kind of like watching this team beat up on everyone without me. Um, and I don't want to spoil it. I'm doing it for the better of the team. Um, the Lakers did this and it didn't work. Remember against Detroit um, years ago, yeah. leading up to that Super Bowl. So it was Shaq and Kobe. And then they added who? Peyton and Malone. And they got yep. smoked in the finals. I think they lost four to one to the Detroit Pistons. So that sounds. I remember hoping me, yeah. that that would go away. Maybe okay. Maybe teams would realize that this isn't the way to go. No. This and then is, Kobe. Then Kobe said Shaq was fat or didn't try hard right. enough or something like that. And then yeah. Shaq won a title and did a rap. And yes, you know, we that. know. That, yeah. Then and then it gets sad after that. But yes, right, I know what right. you're saying. Uh, there we go. Crown. You're talking Royal. about Shaq. Uh, Shaq on the Celtics. Is that yeah, what yeah, yeah. About that's what sad? becomes yeah, the most that, yeah. <laughs> that was our Crown Royal water break. Moderate your drinking on game day. Stay hydrated. Stay royal. For more tips on how to crown your game day, visit at Crown Royal on Instagram. Dave, you have minus three. That's two right. episodes coming up this week. A lot of fun last week, I heard. Uh, you had Kevin Hench, you had Tannenbaum. You had so much going on, and you have two more coming up, right? Yeah, we'll uh, we'll have one for you on Tuesday and then then uh, another one on Thursday for you. It's been great fun focusing in on all things really starting at the Ohio Pennsylvania border and then working east and north from there. We cover everything from Boston to the New York tri-state to Pennsylvania and all the rest of it. Tune in. Um it's been really good times. Lots of lots of laughs and uh and and you know, infotainment. A lot of fun. Um on Fox Bet Live, if you win the week, we play against each other. I play against Furman and I play against Clay and whoever has the most uh, fake money at the end of the week gets a free futures bet on Monday. Anything that happens between now and the end of the season, which is July, um, I get to put money on. Furman is ahead of me and is going to be way ahead of me if Gonzaga wins the whole thing. I need to make up some ground, Dave. So I asked, I'm going to ask you too. The Washington Capitals, the parlay kid gave no. me this one. Well, listen okay, to me. Okay, well, they're 14 ahead. to one to win the whole thing. They're seven to one to win the, the Eastern Conference, whatever the frick they call it now. 23, seven and four, I think is their record. Pretty good value at seven to one. I think I have to jump on that. I don't know, man. I, I You're not going to get me to say Why not? positive about the Washington Capitals. Just because of what they do over the years and how they choke. That's why. Well, first of all, that's, I mean, that's a, a legitimate point. Um, and, you know, I, I, I've been saying this now. I'm not going to jump off of this now because we have yet we're, we're just now getting to the part of the season that I'm waiting for the Capitals to slide back a little bit. They're a little older. They play a different brand than most of the other teams do within that division. I don't think it lends to ongoing success for them. But you know what? They're they're They've been not. The, the thing is, if you buy the, the, the notion that either. What is it? I can't, I can't remember. Iron sharpens iron or whatever it is. If you buy that, 
then whoever survives this brutal division of capitals and Islanders mm-hmm. and Bruins and Penguins, and then then that team may be up. But to me, the Colorado Avalanche are maybe the better bet. I really okay, like so the I Avs. could take them. I'd have to take them to win the whole thing to make right. it worth my while. Plus, I don't think that's a bad bet. I think that's a nice bet. I like that Avs team quite a bit, and they're not going to get as much resistance. So if you buy the other logic that applies to like right. the 80s Lakers, that, boy, who were they beating? They were beating the Nuggets. Meantime, the Celtics were banging heads with the Sixers and Pistons and the Bucks and all of those teams. Like, well, the Lakers <sighs> were relatively fresh by the time they caught the Celtics in the finals. The Avs, by that same logic, should be... Um, all right, a, a I have little to think more ready to go now. than whoever. Now I have the to gauntlet. think about this. Do I listen to the parlay kid or do I listen to a guy who lost two sets of keys in the matter of like uh, 10 days? Oh, that, yeah, you had to bring that up in the public sphere. Yes, I did. Yeah, I'm, I'm embarrassed to say, um, but I'll wear it because uh, I'm a man of the highest honor and integrity. Mm-hmm. Um, for the second time in three weeks, I've I've lost my car keys, and this was the backup <laughs> set of car keys. And now I have my parents here, and I have four kids here, and we really are stuck. We cannot. I had to take I had to take Jean Claude Van Damaschek to his friend's birthday party in an Uber on Saturday night. <laughs> I I Ubered him to a birthday party because I could not find my car keys, and it's a humiliation. Wow. Right in line with it's right up there in Damashek's shameful history with uh, the month in Chicago where I got towed three separate times. That's pretty great, too. Yeah. I'm trying to figure out what the solution here is because I don't know. You lost our trophy, our fantasy league trophy. So even right. if they made keys the size of a trophy, that doesn't it, make it still that, ironically, it. Yes. that doesn't make the winner stand of most embarrassing things I've done is right. the trophy that I got in the winner. Right. Stand. Ironically, because you right. would get a trophy. That's what it, we have to get you a trophy for losing. I, I wish I hadn't said it out loud. We should have just done it. But uh, wow. All right. <laughs> well, we'll hear about this. Uh, minus three. You could catch Dave against all odds. I'm going to be on. Uh, Paul LaDuca is coming on. He has a new Ooh. podcast called Card Wars. It's going to be. It's going to be on the Extra Points Podcast Network. Dave, here's what I'm doing. I'm giving Paul LaDuca and his friend $10,000 each. They have 10 weeks. Whoever turns a bigger profit wins the battle. I don't even know what the hell we're... I guess we're calling it Card Wars. Um, because cards are the... Now this is like art, you know? This is Right, craziness. I know. It's crazy. I'm, I'm excited about it. I got it. Like we've talked about, I have the Lemieux rookie card. I have Cal Ripken's rookie card, yeah. Ricky Henderson. These things have to be worth something. I know. So I'm, I'm giving these guys and they're probably going to run off with the money. If I, if I had given it to my other Met friend, um, Lenny Dykstra, I would just be out $10,000 the, the next day. But we're going to try to keep this going for 10 weeks. It might um, it might play out for the National Convention in Chicago at the end of July. We're going to see. We're going to talk to Paul. He's going to be on. Jen Piacenti is going to be on against all odds. We're going to go over all the Major League Baseball futures. Dave, I went over your Pirates. It doesn't look good. They have Charlie Hayes' son. That's going to be fun. Yeah. Um, otherwise, it, it doesn't look pretty. They did the right thing, though. Getting rid of Bell. I looked. I did some research. They got some prospects. You got to shake it up. You got to shake it up. On Josh Bell, they did their yeah. I, I, I'm yeah. not going to indulge they had the to conversation about the about the Buccos. That's they're, they're ashamed <laughs> of the city of champions. Shout out, though, to Jen Piacente. She's for real. She knows her I'm stuff. a little nervous. I had to do, look, look, I got my dumb cards, Dave. I got for all, uh, eventually, it's going to be for 30 teams. Um your Pirates, 58 and a half wins. What an embarrassment. Projected to lose over 100 games. Yeah. Listen, I, I, I don't care if you don't want to do it. We have, come on. 
this is all I ask is that we do it. And I don't care what. It's to- wait, so hard. It's this so thing hard. about Toby. Yeah. So he invented this because he did the like, you know, I, if what if I'm I'm the architect, you understand? I came yeah. up with the I came up with the plan. Then right. somebody else had to go pour the concrete. That's what Toby did. Let me read you his text because I told I sent him, him I sent him concrete tweet. Toby. Your what, tweet kind of man said, is, what kind of grown man is named Toby? Among my finest creations. When I I, uh, I tweeted yeah, that. Yeah, that's right. Uh, that's right, goddamn right. right. I stand League by. of Leagues. And uh, he wrote later on. He said, "What did he say?" Oh, so it was it, the the draft was ridiculous because half the people were complaining that it was too slow, and half the people were complaining that they were too busy and they couldn't pick. And so it sucked for Toby. It really did. And honestly, when you have 540 picks to make or whatever it is with keepers, even if you do it one minute per pick, you're talking about a nine hour draft. And people didn't do one minute per pick. They did between three and five minutes. Um, And then Toby writes, I wish Dave Damashek slash Winklevoss had never invented this thing. Yeah, there I mean, you go. All right. I don't know. All right. I'm, <laughs> I'm, I'm sorry for my, as always, for my dynamite ideas and how they and how they've and they, how they've helped you to live instead of merely survive. That's I, right. You know what? Speaking of uh, living and uh, and all that, Howard Schnellenberger, we lost him. Oh, yeah. Shout out to him. Greatest uh, college football game of all time. The Orange Bowl, January 1, 1984. Juggernaut mm-hmm. uh, Nebraska versus Miami and Bernie Kosar. Without that game, who knows what happens? Does the U ever become the U? Mm. Who, who's to know? That uh, swung really perhaps the way we perceive college football if nebraska vanquishes some upstart from florida who knows if the big eight still exists and uh, that was a heyday i'm looking at the half cut the cutoff shirts and then we could see the thigh pad or i'm sorry the the hip pads uh sticking out that was best game ever look it up on youtube you will you will not be disappointed if you're looking for something to get a tip off tonight rest in peace howard schnellenberger uh happy pass a pipe too smoked a pipe on the sideline that was cool Happy Passover to everyone out there, uh, our Jewish friends. And what do I want to do? I want to remind everyone that you may feel like underdogs, but please remember you're all our favorites. See you Wednesday.